Today on the show, I'm going to continue with the Psychology of the Chakra System series, and today we will do the Heart Chakra Anahata. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends. This helps me get the word out. You can also go on iTunes and rate and review the podcast to help the algorithm so more people can see this podcast. Now, I don't take any outside advertisements, and I rely on the generosity of you and your donations to help support the podcast. Typically, I travel around the world giving workshops and charging a fee for these workshops, and here I am bringing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a small contribution. It could be as simple as the price of a yoga class every month, just to help support the expenses and help me continue this podcast. And for those of you who have already donated, thank you. I appreciate your donation. You can go to the podcast website, thestoryofmepodcast.com, and on the contact page, there's a donate button. Please hit the donate button and make a contribution. You can also go to the podcast website to submit your questions for the show. I'd love to hear from you and uh, answer some of your questions on the program. Okay, so now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I, why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For those of you who are new, my name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. And for old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone again. Wow, what a what a time it's been for me. I, I hope everyone's doing well. I've been traveling, so I was in uh, Amsterdam, and now I'm in Belgium. And it's kind of ironic after my last episode, but I did catch COVID. Yes, uh, it wasn't too bad, though. It lasted uh, quite, a, I don't know, it lasted uh, maybe five days. Two to two and a half of those days, I had a slight fever, and other than that, it was uh, pretty mild. In fact, the first few days, I didn't even know I had it, and was at my friend's house, and interestingly enough, no one in his family got it uh, when I was with them. In fact, we even shared a flute, put a flute in my mouth and played it, and they did, and no one there got it. So how, how contagious is this? But it's interesting because it seems that the doctors don't really know much. In fact, I I thought my understanding of of everything was a little better than theirs, which is scary. Uh, Of course, I'm among the 99.98% survivors 
Like I said, the fever was about two to three days and it was quite mellow. I think the doctors have good intentions, but many of them have been indoctrinated into this false narrative. In fact, when I first arrived at the doctor's office, they told me that since I'm unvaccinated, that I am a super spreader. And uh, my response was, well, don't vaccinated people also spread COVID? To which they replied, yes. And I said, so aren't they super spreaders also? And why not just use the word contagious, that I'm contagious and that they are contagious? But as you see, they're all adopting this negative language to to manipulate people, to make you feel bad. And uh, yeah, it was very interesting because like I said, I, I think the doctors are very different now compared to when I was young. Uh, I think before you would go to the doctor and they would try to find out what's wrong with you and try to find different ways to heal you. And now it seems that they are given a very finite uh, spectrum of, of possibilities to assist people with, meaning that I think these hospitals, uh, these doctor's offices are owned by big corporations, and they are only allowed to try what is approved by these corporations. And so they dictate what you can and cannot have. And so when I requested ivermectin, ivermectin, which is a very inexpensive drug, uh, which pretty much has no side effects, uh, the doctor said, well, it hasn't been proven. I said, well, the, the vaccine hasn't really been proven either. In fact, I think it's starting to prove that it's not really so effective. And in fact, ivermectin has no side effects. So even if it doesn't work, the, the worst that's going to happen is I took a, a, a pill for a few days, and, but they would not give it to me. And another thing that I found very interesting is that, according to statistics, 80% of COVID patients were deficient in vitamin D. And if you had adequate levels of vitamin D, you had a 51.5% lower risk of dying with the disease, and also significantly reduced risk for complications. And I thought this was quite commonly known. They seemed a little off-put when I asked about my levels of vitamin D, and they never tested this. They never gave me a, a even suggested to take vitamin D, and I thought this was rather odd. They didn't really want to do anything, and they didn't do anything as far as COVID. And I'm wondering if many of these deaths that have happened uh, under COVID could have been prevented. I don't know. It just is very interesting uh, the way that they treat people that do have COVID. But hey, now I am safe from it. I have an immunity to it that is stronger than any vaccine. So I feel like Superman. All right. But anyway, so I arrived here in Belgium and went to the first Kundalini Yoga Festival in Belgium. And I have to say that it was beautiful. It was 
one of the most beautiful places that uh, I have been in a while where this festival took place. I mean, Belgium, to begin with, is a really beautiful place, especially in Antwerp where everything is green. It's like this place was built in a forest. And the festival is nice for many reasons, but one reason was that it was the first time that many of the people there, including myself, were able to get together in a group. And this was really nice to share the love, to share the experience with all the people there. And it was a beautiful day. And uh, since I've been traveling too, another thing that I've really enjoyed is many listeners have come up to me and talked to me about the podcast that they're listeners in, in the Netherlands and also here in Belgium, which Belgium, I have, I think, uh, quite a few listeners here. And everyone was really kind sharing with me their uh, favorite episodes and, and how they enjoyed the, the podcast. And this really made me feel good. It showed me the love, you know, because normally, or at least for the past year and a half, I've been putting this out into the ether without really connecting physically with people. So it was nice to have uh to meet the listeners to meet the people who are listening to meet you guys and uh to know that people are really enjoying the podcast and so this was quite nice and i thought then this would be a good episode to talk about love because well, i really felt it from meeting everyone and doing all the consultations i've been doing since i've been here in belgium and uh, yeah, and so I want to continue this series that we're doing, the, the psychology of the chakra system. And today we're doing the heart chakra, Anahata. Now I've done uh, a few episodes related to the heart, right? I've done uh, How to Find Self-Love, episode 38. You can check this out. Uh, episode 15, What is Love? And uh, one that was... Uh, what was it? Episode two, what is anger, which is related to something that happens in the heart chakra and uh, is related to the maybe corruption of self-love. But uh, the other episode that I highly recommend for people who are listening to this series of the psychology of the chakra system is episode 10, how to heal yourself because it's a complement to this episode or all the episodes in the series because it talks about how to really heal yourself. And what I'm doing with this specific episode today is just talk about the heart chakra and some ideas of the heart chakra. But if you really want to study how to heal yourself, go to episode 10. I think it was very good in how to understand the way the mind-body work together. So it's really how does the psychology get manifested into the physical form, and how to heal yourself once it does, or even before it does, how to become aware of the psychology in your physical body. And uh, one more episode I'll, pro I'll do in the future about this is really understanding prana, because this is the key to healing yourself, is to tune into this subtle life force. So today we're going to talk about the heart chakra, and we're going to talk about some different ways to look at it. It's probably the most well-known chakra just because everyone wants to live in the heart, right? This is the goal of life is to raise 
the energy from the lower chakras to the heart chakra. So there's really no talking about the heart chakra without talking about love. So we have to kind of begin there. Even though I've done, like I said, the episodes already on love, you can go refer back to that. But I will talk a little bit about it now as well. What is love? Right? And this was from episode 15. You can check this out. But really, it's your natural state. You are the creative manifestation of the creator. Right? And we use this word a lot, creator, creativity. But you are the creative manifestation of the creator. You are creativity. And what does creativity do but express itself? And what is your authentic expression but this love, this creative expression of love in any form? And so this is what we're really talking about is getting to this natural state and projecting from the heart, projecting from the heart center. And I can tell you from my own experiences and my own history growing up, I was always focused from the mind. I was the clever person trying to use the mind. And, and it helped me out in many respects because like I've talked about in, in some other episodes, you know, I grew up in a environment that was a little physically violent and uh, was kind of pushed into fighting quite a bit. And then I, I started to realize that I had the capacity to use my mind to avoid physical fights and, and how to be more clever to, to control situations uh, without being physical. And then I looked at this as a game. How clever can I be to manipulate the people around me so that I got what I wanted? And for good or bad, and this is kind of how I, I, I you know, operated just to really um, control the situation a lot of where I was in life and in my uh, childhood. And I, I was a, quite an intelligent person in this respect and was able to really analyze things very well to figure out how to manipulate people to avoid physical confrontation or, or to get what I wanted from life. And so I really relied on the mind. And I had an experience uh, through deep meditation. And in this, in fact, I talked about this experience. It was uh, episode 32, where I talked about 40 days of meditating in a cave. And I had a realization, which when you hear it, it doesn't sound so deep. But not only did this realization come to me, but all the experiences that were behind this realization came to me, and it lasted a couple days of meditating, and it was quite intense. It's one of my favorite quotes that, that came out of this uh, deep meditation, and I'll, I'll read it to you. Nothing has brought me more suffering than my clever mind. Nothing has brought me greater joy than my open heart. And this is true. You know, I've always tried to, like I said, be clever so that I can avoid conflict or so that I can manipulate a situation. But it, it really 
when I look back upon it, especially in this deep meditation, many personal experiences came to my mind with uh, family members or with friends, how I relied too much on this clever mind, and it really caused a lot of suffering, not just for me, but for the people around me. But then when I compared this to just being open and being present, that this brought me so much joy that there was never any conflict this way. I was always connected. I was always um, vulnerable. And it always worked out. You know, there's always misunderstandings and things like that. But when your heart is open and you can be authentic, well, I I've, I think this is when I experienced the most joy in my life in, in many different uh, places, in many different circumstances. So you have to learn to really live in the heart. And this is really the key to this chakra is how to live in this heart. Because we try to think about how we feel, we try to overanalyze things, but it's really just learning how to rely on the heart, how to keep the heart open, which is difficult given the traumas that we've all experienced or the understanding that we have. But the more open your heart is, the more joyful your life will be. It's as simple as that. And in fact, many people think that self-awareness is a product of the mind, but it's not. Uh, Self-awareness happens in the heart because it's the heart's capacity to accept, which is the beginning point for self-awareness. All understanding happens through acceptance. Judgment is is the opposite, right? When you're judging something, it's from the mind and you're judging it uh, based on your experiences or based on, on your history. But really, what you want to do is you want to accept. Accept everything about yourself. You know, we we judge things about ourselves. Well, I'll be better when this happens or when I feel better about myself, then I can do this or do that. But really, it's, it's about just acceptance. And not acceptance conditionally, but acceptance immediately, now. In this moment, while you're listening to this, accept everything about yourself. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing is wrong. You are perfect. And in fact, I was just telling someone this the other day. You know, anything that changes dies. And all these ideas of who you think you are are these temporary things that change. And it's going to, it's inevitable that it will disintegrate, it will die, the body, the mind. Even things that are not alive, the the table, the chair, a piece of plastic, eventually it will disintegrate and it will be no longer. What you want to do is look at what doesn't change. And if it doesn't change, it means it doesn't die. And this is what we're referring to as consciousness or the soul. And if the soul never changes... Because it doesn't die, it means it's either perfect or imperfect. But it can't become what it's not. And so we assume that it's perfect. And so this means that you are already perfect. The only thing that changes is the perception you have of yourself. 
You look into the mirror every morning and you see yourself and you say, I'm not that good of a person or I don't like this about me or I'm not good at this. And then you behave based on this perception. These are all temporary things that are false. They're not who you are. And you're putting your identification into these things. You have to look into that mirror and say, I am perfect. I am already perfect. And not just in in these words, but to feel this. Because the true you, this consciousness, this soul is perfect. It does not change. And you need to behave based on this perfection. This is why you should look at yourself as this divine being who's here to express yourself with creativity, with love. And then to share this in the form of compassion and love for others. But people get often confused by this, right? Because we do a lot of projections. We try to project love onto people. We try to project what we don't feel from ourselves onto someone else, and it's not satisfying because it can't fulfill us. You are complete. Everything that you can possibly want or need is within you. And whenever you look for it externally, it means that you're not connected to it internally and you will suffer. And we do this with love, right? We don't feel good about ourselves, so we look for a relationship to make us feel better about ourselves. But then there are, there's conflict because we're not really connecting authentically with this person. We're connecting with expectations, And these expectations are not going to be satisfying. So then we start to have problems in the relationship. True love has no expectation, has no demands. And this is what you need to do is to learn how to love without expectation. And you can imagine this. Imagine that your heart is represented by a glass. And the water in in the glass represents the love that you have for yourself. And if this glass is not full, then you look for ways to fill it through experiences, through relationships, through uh, all kinds of things. Anything that you think will bring you this self-love. But you'll never be satisfied because these things are all temporary. And we project this this emptiness onto other people and expect them to satisfy our love, to satisfy the deficiency we have for ourselves and self-love. And it doesn't work. It causes a lot of conflict in the relationship. It creates too much expectation. And, and then we demand that person treat us a particular way because we're not getting it from ourselves. But now imagine that your cup is filled to the top. In fact, it's overflowing. And then it starts to go and touch the glasses of other people, this water that's overflowing from the glass. And this is how you share love. You don't give love, you share love. And it's this sharing of this experience that you are content, you are fulfilled, and you share this with the people that you encounter. And this is how you share love. This is how you create the self-love that overflows from the self 
to connect with others because this love has no expectation. If your glass is full, what do you expect from someone else? Nothing. You're able to give this love without demanding anything back. And if you see yourself demanding and having expectation, look inside. What are you not giving yourself? How are you not fulfilling your own needs? Learn to begin by accepting. So when we talk about the heart chakra, anahata, we're talking about the energy to really learn to be flexible, to promote love, to promote compassion. And when we have difficulty with this, we become indecisive because we're not really connected to ourselves. So if you're having difficulty making decisions or finding your path in life, this begins with the heart, with accepting the self, with loving the self and letting go of attachment and learning to forgive those around you. And and the organs related to this, of course, are the heart, the lungs, the thymus gland. And, And so when you're having difficulty with these organs or this area within the body, you have to understand that there's something out of balance. And look at how you're accepting yourself, how you're appreciating yourself. You know, are you able to express compassion and kindness? Are you able to forgive people? Are you recognizing and understanding these qualities, not just in yourself, but in other people? Because if you can't see it in yourself, you're not seeing it in other people. And one of my favorite quotes by Yogi Bhajan is, if you don't see God in all, you don't see God at all. And this is true with love as well. And it's important to really learn how to accept yourself, how to love yourself. If you're having difficulty with this attachment or you're closed to your environment, you're dependent on love and affection from other people to make you feel good, then this is all deficiencies in how you feel about yourself or how you perceive yourself. And you have this fear of being rejected or that you project what you want to receive from other people and you become a kind of a helper and start to project what you're not getting. Now, in yoga, there are many kriyas and and postures to work on opening that heart. And I think everyone knows many of these. You can search on the internet, and and maybe I'll post some in the the group, uh, Facebook group. I'll post some. But it's important to physically work on opening the heart and at the same time learning to accept the self, learning to love yourself. And... How do you love yourself? Because it seems like such an abstract idea. We try to manipulate the way we feel so that we love ourselves, but it doesn't really work so well. And so how do you love yourself? And this is a lot easier than it sounds. It's your actions. That's all it is. Your actions dictate how you feel about yourself. So make sure that these actions are a representation of love. So you wake up in the morning and you do yoga. This is showing yourself that you love yourself. Then you have a 
healthy breakfast. And again, this is showing love to yourself. Then you go to work or wherever you go and you interact with people and your heart is open. This is loving yourself. So make sure that every action you're doing is this representation of love. And if you can get consistent in doing this, you'll start to love yourself. This is how it happens. It's not just this idea that comes and goes, but it's the compilation of actions that dictate how you feel about yourself. And it's happening right now. You're you're having all these actions, and some of them are kind and some of them are unkind. Some of them are harming yourself because you don't like aspects of yourself and you're punishing yourself, while others are, are showing yourself love. And what you want to do is to make sure all of these are representation of love. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the mind doesn't want to do it because you're not feeling good about yourself. But you have to learn to not identify with the thought. It's just a thought. Let the thought go. Don't react to it. And take the action that shows that you love yourself. That's all it is. That's all life is about, is about showing yourself this love. And if you can do this, then the reflection of it is this compassion that will fill your environment and and touch the people in your life with this kindness. So open your heart, live in the heart, and love yourself. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the Story of Me podcast, and get 10% off. Thank you for listening to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Again, it was nice to meet many of you listeners uh, on the road here, and I'll be in uh, Berlin next week. So anyone there, please drop me a line and please share the podcast with a friend, help get the word out, make a donation, uh, submit your questions, and all that good stuff. So until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. (laughs) 